To you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello, I'm Glynis Crook. Welcome to Being Green. There's been a lot of talk over the summer about pollution on Cape Town's beaches. More than 10 of them have been temporarily closed at some point or the other over the past two months due to sewage spills, which the city has largely blamed on the impact that load shedding is having on its pump stations. Millions of litres of raw sewage flow out into the sea every day from marine pipelines in Greenpoint, Camps Bay and Hout Bay. The only treatment the effluent receives before being pumped into the ocean is to pass through a grid to remove solids. Well, earlier this week, Action SA said it was finalising an appeal to the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and the Environment for granting the City of Cape Town a permit to continue the operation. In response, the City confirmed that the extension by five years of its permit followed an assessment to ensure that the outfalls operating within the limits of marine environmental standards. Officials added that it's committed to protecting the city's natural environment and that plans to reduce pollution includes a multi-billion rand upgrade to wastewater treatment works and the sewer network. But is it doing enough or could it be doing things a better way? To find out, I'm joined now by Dr. Kevin Winter, a researcher at UCT's Future Water Institute. Kevin, first of all, the system of pumping the sewage into the sea seems very archaic. Is there not a better way to deal with the issue? Well, I think this is partly historical, although the Greenpoint outfall was commissioned in 1993, so it's not that far back. When we go back to the 1960s, in fact, the solution to pollution was dilution. And I think we've learned subsequently that you continue to do that. And at some stage, you're going to get an accumulation and a bioaccumulation. In other words, sewage and other compounds and contaminants are going to accumulate in the environment. And that takes sometimes uh, quite a difficult exercise to monitor that effectively. So, yes, it's archaic. It's even though it's relatively small volumes, we've still got to be concerned that there is a volume of water that could be and should be managed on the land before it goes into the sea. And it's not raw sewage, by the way. It is pre-treated, but to a very partial extent. Just a thought. What actually happens? You say solution, the solution is dilution. But if everybody, if there are lots of cities pumping their sewage into the sea, what happens to that out there? Does it eventually disintegrate or what happens to it out in the sea? Well, absolutely. In some cases, the sea can and the seabed, the marine life and so on, will start absorbing the compounds that are there. They're not going away. So the kind of scary thing that comes out of this is this accumulation over a long term. And we need to be doing our level best to avoiding the technologies uh, that are doing this. So certainly coming back to your earlier comment, is it archaic? Uh, it has been done and is being done in about 107 different places around the world, in cities that are certainly very comparable and, and competent in their management of water, New Zealand being one of them, for instance. But it does need to change, and we need to make sure that water on the land is properly treated. And I would think that our beaches around Cape Town are much more vulnerable to our land-based wastewater treatment works than they are at the moment to the three landfill uh, sea outlets that we have around the Cape Town coastline at the moment. You've mentioned that there are other cities around the world that are doing this, 107 of them, but are there any cities that are doing it better? 
Singapore is one of those countries that I call the water hub of the world. They take about 40% of their wastewater and they use it as a treated supply into their drinking water system. And therefore, they become less dependent on rainfall and on Malaysia, where they import a lot of their water. So it's possible. I'm not sure the technology is there. I'm not sure whether Cape Town can get to that stage. And if we really want to turn our wastewater into potable water or to blend it into our existing water. And there certainly are plans in the city to discuss that right now, although no decision has been made as yet. But, but there are other things that can be done as well. What, what do big cities like London or New York, for example, do? Well, a lot of the water from those big cities are being recycled. And there is a, a little caveat that is often said about the quality of London's water in that it has passed through seven humans before you drink it from your tap. <laughs> and of course, what happens is that people then start to drink water from a bottle imported from elsewhere or from places in the country and not directly drinking from a tap, as we currently can do all over Cape Town right now. So that threat may well be something that the city of Cape Town uh, can't afford to foist on a city with a very wide range of socioeconomic means to purchase bottled water or not. So the city says it's going to upgrade the wastewater treatment and its uh, sewer network. But I should imagine that one of the big problems facing it is not only the, the volumes of wastewater in Cape Town, but also the funds needed to do this. Sure, it is very expensive indeed. And at the moment, and I have seen this in person, I've seen the work that's been going on at the Zandvliet Wastewood Treatment Plant, and that is one of our largest, and they will bring that up to capacity of almost 100 million litres per day. So it's a vast and lot of water. And at the moment, what they have been doing is bringing it online with what's called a membrane technology, which is able to produce water at a very high quality. And for the most, it's capturing compounds and other materials that are coming into the water system, like microplastics as well. Very expensive to do, but the results so far look incredibly impressive. And it's the way to go, at least in terms of being able to get water to a relatively high quality so that it can be used elsewhere. Well, here's hoping. Thanks there to Dr. Kevin Winter, a researcher at UCT's Future Water Institute. And that's it for this week from Eglin's Crook. Take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. FMR.